What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Go Long Podcast. Tyler Dunn here with Jim Monis, live again at Fatty Beer Company, Hamburg, New York, the home base, the new home base. I think they missed us over at Orchard Park, but, you know, we both live in Hamburg-ish area. Ish, both-ish, yeah. Yeah. Got to do it. It works. It's too easy. It's been one week, and so much has happened in practice. We have things... There's no games being played, but a lot has happened. A lot has <laughs> happened. Anything going on in your life? How you doing, man? Doing good. It's always good to be anybody a fatty. pissing you off? Like anybody we have to throw into the bucket with a shopping cart with the airplane? Mm-hmm. It's been a while. The one that gets me right now that, that caught my attention was Bet MGM um, trying to sucker people into betting Colorado to win the national championship. Just, just praying and 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 just just trying to get every last dollar out of anybody that might think that Deion Sanders and his son might take, you know, and that's, that's been a big story in Vegas right now that the biggest liability for the Vegas sports books right now is Colorado winning a national championship. It's not going to happen, but Deion creates that buzz. So people are betting it. So Vegas is officially paying attention to Colorado, hoping they don't win. But what's so sick is what I'm talking about is a bet, bet MGM app sportsbook sees that the University of Colorado puts out a stat that Dion's son has thrown 22 touchdowns and zero interceptions during practice, which we know means nothing. They take that and pub it right to everybody's face saying, hey, Colorado is plus whatever to win the national championship. Click here, bet now. I just, that rubs me the wrong way. That's just, but once again, it's the same thing as an alcohol. It's just like a beer commercial for, you know, I, I shouldn't get upset about it, but it just seems that everybody's being so hard on this gambling stuff right now. And I just, I think everybody just needs to take a step back from the gambling thing. It's going to take care of itself. Players are going to stop. It's going to disappear. It's, 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 it's all new. Just like marijuana was new. That's kind of gone away now too. We don't even hear the breaking news about marijuana anymore. This one needs to go away. Isn't it a little more sinister, though? Because, you know, if, you're, if you see alcohol out, drugs, I mean, we, we know what this stuff can do to you if taken in large doses. Gambling is so normalized, and we've talked about it. We had the gambling episode a few weeks back. Yeah, yeah we did. It was a good one. It, it, it's subtle, and it yeah. kind of – kind of aligns with how most social media companies not just social media companies businesses everyone online operates it's they know people are generally dumb and can be manipulated and steered different that's, directions that's, and that's kind of what you're getting good at. word good word there's a lot of manipulation going on honestly that's kind of why i love having go along at substack if their big thing is people taking their brains back in the world today where it's like you you're subscribing to the podcast you're listening to right now, to the newsletter you're reading right now, you're making that choice. Like I want to learn about this topic where Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok. I don't know. I'm going to sound like a crusty old middle-aged white guy now, but I feel like there's, there's so much out there. And I mean, how often everybody listening out there, how often you just like, think of something or say something to your kids like out in the yard and there's an ad for that thing on your Facebook feed. Mm -hmm. It's kind of creepy. It's bizarre. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) it's like a secret society is just controlling us like, like puppets and it's, it's horrifying. So that's like that gambling is doing all of this And, and then people are losing their livelihoods all over the world. It's dirty. I, Part of the addictions. I'm out. I'm out. No, I'm glad to hear you are. Um, but I always, I can always rationalize or. Well, you're a good gambler, though. That's why. <laughs> like good, a good. Hey, I'm, I'm a, a good, good drinker. I'm a good drinker. How many times do people say, "Man, you, you're a good drunk"? Like no such thing. Just Promise you. Yeah, yeah. Promise you. It takes being sober to know there's no good drunks. <laughs> When like you that are, million idea that you had with your buddies out like drinking. When you're out drinking, sometimes you do feel like, boy, I'm, I'm, I'm a lot better than all these other drunks. Like, I'm not as drunk as that guy. Well, I mean, that's everything on Always Sunny in Philadelphia oh, yeah. is spectacular. But there's that great episode on Always Sunny. I think they're at like their high school reunion. 
And you're not an always sunny. Fan. I've seen. Oh, I God. don't know it loyal like that. I don't so, know. Yeah. It's still going a million seasons in. That says enough. Right but like there. they're drinking and they're having a good time. And like the whole episode is like they look like rock stars going back to high school and perform this great musical number. And then it snaps to reality and they're all just like a bunch of drunks and yeah. sound terrible. Or yeah. 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 I like that. That's good. I don't know how we got off the rails there. No, that was just my little, that was just my topic. Oh yeah. What annoyed me just the, you know, how they just, just try to take it, manipulate. You said the perfect word, how they just manipulate you Mm -hmm. to, Oh wow. Colorado might win it. Why not? No, Alabama, Georgia, then fill in a couple more. (laughs) Colorado's not one of them. But anyway, that's going to be interesting. ESPN getting into the betting game. We can get into that too, but that might be a little bit long. But that is a fascinating story that I am completely captivated by. And just to sum it up for everybody, just pay attention. ESPN is trying hard. Somebody's trying hard to get against FanDuel and and, um, DraftKings. You made the great comparison. NASCAR. Well, yeah. The way they're just trying to. Sirius XM at one point was separated. They were too, you know, and they realized, hey, we can just, you know, let's just join up and make this easy. FanDuel and DraftKings may think about that as well. That's down the road. They need to see if anybody's going to threaten them. ESPN is going to try with Penn being the platform, you know, and then using ESPN's letters to drive business. So you can watch the game on ESPN and gamble on it live. So ESPN gets all the action. There'll be no conflict, <clears throat> conflicts of interest whatsoever no. with, the, with the reporting at ESPN and how the markets move. You know, I believe in in the sanctity of gambling and humanity, and there absolutely will be no shenanigans at play with the top tier reporting over there. So, hey. This All is right. where we got to say, if you want to support independent journalism, subscribe to go along, <laughs> bound by no ads or corporate overlords or gambling. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like just the, the control. Dictators. Yes, control just, like the, yes. You bet this. Please bet. Okay. All right. So the news of the day, we've got to get it. Yeah, so that was this. a little. We didn't really know uh, what the topic would be this week, but it kind of It always happens. It always happens. And I'm really looking forward to your take on the matter, Jim, because you've been through something very similar to what the Washington Commanders are going through. I'm sure everybody listening has has the cliff notes already, but basically, Ron Rivera was asked about Eric Bieniemy, new offensive coordinator, being too hard, being too intense on players. Players going going to him. And saying that the enemy is too intense. And initially he said, you know, take it up with Eric, basically. Like, if you got a problem with him, just, just talk to him. Work it out. And Eric has his style. Then he kind of brought Jack Del Rio, the defensive coordinator, into the equation. Said Jack Del Rio is a coach who, you know, get, wants to get to know the players a little bit more. And is a, it's a little more back and forth. Basically say Eric Bieniemy is more old school. We're going to go a million directions on this topic because it really is fascinating. But there was this uproar. Second day, Ron Rivera has the prepared statement. It really makes it worse. It's, right? He could have just stood there and said, it's look, It always goes bad. Yeah, yes. like, look, we, we need Eric style. We weren't good last year. Our offense really wasn't that great. We need somebody to come in and it's shake shit up. Support your coach. Yeah. Instead, it was, you know, he looked like a, a, pris- a prisoner reading from a sheet. All right. I've, Go, yeah. So I, I, I got to know Ron Rivera a little bit for the, the Blood and Guts reporting. Talked to him about Mike Dicka at length because he played for Dicka. Greg Olson because he coached Greg Olson. I mean, this is like the middle of the football season. He dropped everything and talked to me for like an hour game week. I, I found him to be very sincere um kind i mean he doesn't have to do this and then i i initially i read the comments that he said about eric Bieniemy, and it, it didn't look good I, then i listened i watched the press conferences um it wasn't as bad i guess when i actually watched him mm. i don't think he was 
trying to rope a dope and mislead. But there is part of me, whether it was intentional or not, that has to think that Ron Rivera may be trying to put up a shield of some kind. Like, look, this is a new ownership coming in. Everybody knows that their performance is basically a job interview this season, right? Like, and beyond this season, everything's on the table. They weren't very good last year. Mm-hmm. Who knows what's going to happen at quarterback? Sam Howell's going to start. Eric Bieniemy was hired, but was it Ron Rivera? Was it Jason Wright? Like, and like, what, what are their plans for him? I think if you were to bet, <laughs> speaking of gambling, on who has a better chance of being the Washington Commanders mm-hmm. coach in 2024, Bieniemy would probably have better odds than Rivera, right? Because Rivera's head would go first, depending on how it goes, you know, how the offense looks and whatnot. But I don't know. I, I don't. Just based on the one conversation I had with Ron Rivera, I don't think that he is taking it to this level, but it's not out of the realm of possibility that this is his way of just kind of dropping a little <laughs> something to ownership. Like, here's here's something happening. Like, subtly, look, players, they're not really responding to Eric Bieniemy. Like, just, just, you just, guys, just have to know that. Mm. It's not that pretty. And it, which is crazy because they haven't even played a game yet. But what do we always come back to on this podcast, Jim? It's a game of survival. Like the NFL, you were on that Titanic, Jim, yourself. Yeah. You were on it. Think every time I see the guy, yeah. Yeah, like you know, like in, in certain people, as they're scrambling for the lifeboats and they're looking for a life raft, and the Titanic is about to hit the iceberg, like certain people get thrown on, under the bus. Reporting comes out, comments are made, everybody's looking out for their own ass. And if you're not playing that game, you're going to get thrown overboard or you're going to fall overboard. There's going to be no protection. It could be a very subtle way for Ron Rivera to make sure something negative about Eric Bieniemy subtly gets out there because it wasn't contr- it, it wasn't just this open and honest unloading of emotions the second day when it could have been he's reading from the prepared statement oh. they're moving on nothing to see here mission accomplished basically <laughs> so i it could be that and i want to get into just like the idea of harsh coaching in 2023 like next after all this but it, am i crazy to think that this is this could be ron rivera's way of telling the new owners yeah, I know, like, everybody in the National Football League, like, every single media member, players and coaches, outside of LaShawn McCoy, who's been pretty honest on Eric Bieniemy. most people have been banging the table, Eric Bieniemy should be head coach. This is an atrocity. He needs to be head coach. This could be his way of just kind of floating out there. Well, you know, there's this element to his coaching that guys don't necessarily like. He said guys exp- that were, he said they were concerned, right? Like, they were concerned. I feel like there's two separate ways to talk about this. I want to talk about the Washington front office and team from all this with Rivera. And then let's do the enemy separate. His whole perfect. Because I have some thoughts on that as well. For Washington right now, <clears throat> let's always go back to the core four. Ownership, brand new, which means you don't have, we don't know. That's scary. You're going to get very positive tweets out of Magic Johnson. That's fine, know. right. That's That's fine. I've been through this with the Pagulas, and that was definitely new for me, obviously, and not something every, anybody can go through. But when they bought the team, you know, we didn't know if we were keeping our jobs or not. So there's that. And then, yeah, you feel like you're auditioning. Every, everybody everybody in the building is auditioning. Sorry, new owner. So we know there's going to be some change. Head coach and GM, they are not singed up. Martin Mayhew and Ron Rivera, that was a forced uh, little arrangement. That's not going to work, as we know. Don't like it. Now, next one, quarterback, Sam Howe or Jacoby Brissett. This is that or time of year for depth charts. I've noticed a couple teams that do the old or, and I have a big capital O, capital R equals you fill in the blank. I love the ors. Or is like amazing. Inconsequential positions. Like it, the Bills depth chart, there's like three ors, ors. right? Like middle line. Like, just, that just means you have some depth. At those positions, just means see or these quarterback. Are, these are nuclear codes, and nobody should know. Or can be good for any other position but quarterback. So, 
in my opinion, I think Washington is a disaster. I see them being one of the worst teams in the NFL this year. I see this thing getting blown up completely. I don't think I'm saying anything crazy here. I mean, I'm just, I'm going off of facts. And this is, if I'm a new owner and I'm seeing this and this is training camp and I'm looking at the head coach and he's, and, and I'm with you on Ron Rivera. You want to talk about somebody that's always spends time to say, hello, how you doing over the years? I worked with him in Philly when I was young. That's right. Yeah. And he's always spent time. We spoke with him when we um, started to interview Sean McDermott and Pabula spoke to him, Doug Whaley spoke to him. So he's always, like you said, returns calls, positive guy. His, you know, his coaching speaks for itself. Great storyteller too. He had some great stories to share. Always, yeah. always good. So I'm, I'm, but for him to put that out there like that on the enemy, that to me is a no, no, just keep that behind closed doors, address it with the enemy, tell your players, figure it out. You know, it's a profession. Um, I'd be concerned. That sounds like a blow up to me. The B enemy stuff where there's smoke, there's fire. Shady McCoy, somebody I do feel at least confident in saying I do know him enough to know Shady's on this one, won't let it go with the enemy. So that tells me I've been with Shady long enough to know that he believes in something against the enemy. Um, so I'm paying attention to that. Then the next thing I'm paying attention to is Andy Reid basically fired Eric the enemy and said, um, no offense, uh, Matt Nagy got fired from the Bears. Um, he's the next man in waiting. I need him to call plays. He's better than you. That's what that was saying. Nobody wants to say no, that. No, but I'm loud. saying it. It's obvious. Yeah. And there wasn't one guy. I didn't. I, I hate to say this because I'm not. I don't know the enemy, and I don't know his style. I'm just. I'm just connecting dots. If that one of the greatest head coaches, that, you know, one of the greatest head coaches in the history of football. Is telling you it's time to move on. You've done everything you can here. You're trying to run that back every year. Patrick Mahomes, you're not trying to break up anything right now in Kansas City unless you're just that confident you can just – and he and Andy knew Matt Nagy could handle because he did before. So I mean, let's cut to the chase. The, the narrative is that the NFL is racist toward Eric Bieniemy. That's the narrative. I mean, and that's where this I, and gets, I don't really have an opinion on the matter. I don't know him as a coach. That's where I don't I know he's even, good. I don't, I don't know he's even bad. address it. Right. I don't know if these owners are holding. I don't either. The color of his skin against him. I don't know. I don't either. I feel though that it it that that just seems insane to me, because if you're in the business of winning, no offense resembles a juggernaut quite like the Chiefs. Why wouldn't you want to take? the offensive coordinator from that system with that quarterback and put him in a position of power yesterday. So I think LaShawn McCoy might be onto something. Like, I mean, there's something we don't know. There's something we don't know what he's like to deal with day to day. Right. I'm waiting for Mahomes to come out. We saw them go at it right before the half. I forget which game it was. It'd be fun to see if Mahomes would just say, you know, hey, Shady's just have, you know, Shady needs to take a step back. Maybe defend, somebody defend the enemy. Maybe. You don't hear that necessarily. Now you see, I'm just put, I'm just connecting dots. I'm just looking for that type of thing to sway me from what I'm starting to think may be true. That maybe he does rub. It doesn't mean he's not a hell of a football coach, but to get a head coaching job, everybody's, you do need to like, not rub people the wrong way, especially the owners. And if the owners are worried that you are going to rub the players the wrong way, they are not going to give you a chance. They shouldn't. I mean, if, I, I hate to say that, but the owners should not hire a head coach who they are getting feedback from other people when they're doing their research yeah. that players aren't. And I'm, I'm saying that that is the case. And you've been involved with these coaching searches. I have to think that oh, it's I mean, insanely extensive. Oh, like, it was awesome. It was awesome to hear Digging in his past to hear other coaches speak about the candidates, to speak about Anthony Lynn, to speak about Sean McDermott, and hear the overwhelming support and um, just uh, they admire like Andy Reid the way he spoke about Sean McDermott. Um, obviously, the way Rex Ryan would speak about Anthony Lynn. I mean, it was it was almost like just proud and. You're crazy if you don't hire him is basically what everybody says. Now, Anthony Lynn, Texas Tech alum, right? Always talk about that one. He was, as far as that one would, would have been. Texas the, Tech quarterback. That may have been. I think the Anthony Lynn, if if that's who the Pagulas would have chosen, I think Patrick Mahomes would have been in Buffalo. 
which is unbelievable to to think about. I mean, that's a counterfactual. I think that's fair to say because I don't. I'm a. That's with that's me saying that without knowing if Anthony Lynn wanted him or not. But I'm, we did laugh and joke a little bit about the whole Texas Tech thing. I mean, I'm pretty sure Anthony Lynn being an offensive coach and seeing that highlight. It wasn't a highlight film. It was every game. It literally was every game. Where you just you laugh when you watch Mahomes. Now we're talking about Mahomes. Again. I'll let you could do Rogers soon too. We'll get <laughs> Mahomes Rogers like, out of the way. But. It's like that film you're trying to figure out. Like this, film. you're watching it. Like what is it's this? Insane. What is, is, this? It, is it Johnny Manziel? Or no, it's it, way different. Is it, is way it different. something? Oh, is that film was nuts. We're gonna get to Johnny. Yeah, we'll, we'll go. That, but Johnny. way different. It was it was throws that other people couldn't make. It was I told you he was doing things other people never did on film. I mean if. This is where oh I know we yeah we just so back to let's let's go back to real quick. Terry would have said like we're gonna hire you Anthony, but I kind of like this Mahomes character out of Texas Tech. I'm sure Anthony Lynn in a heartbeat would have said fine, let's go. Yeah, yeah, he's yours. Yeah, and it would have been done then. Yeah, it's that simple. So it it can work like that. But back to that the enemy stuff. That's this all is distraction mess. Unless Sam Howe takes that Brock Purdy. Uh, leap of you, now you're not a late round quarterback, you're a superstar. I'm kidding, obviously, because Purdy all of a sudden has been anointed too. But unless that happens, I don't see this team competing. That division's real, like that's a real division. Yeah, I mean, you have 16, I mean, you have six games against playoff caliber teams, right? I, in your division, oh, I totally agree. I mean, okay, I love the Giants, that's what I'm saying. Everybody loves the Eagles, and Dallas is a they're Dallas has caliber, they're top yeah. five and ranked defense offense every year, like top 10. It's it's gonna be tough sledding. So, anyway, I that thing to me just screams blow up to be a Washington Redskins slash football team slash commie fan. We, we talk about fan bases that have been tortured, but like here, you here you're celebrating. I mean, their, their fan base was dropping the confetti and, and, and going nuts when Dan Snyder finally exits the building. And then all this happens. Let, let, here's what they need to do. This, if I'm this ownership right now, hey, you guys have fun. Ron, the enemy, you rotate Sam Howe. And is it Brissett? Is, he the, is that the or? The, you guys can rotate games if you want. I just want that first pick to get that USC quarterback. Thank you very much. I'll talk to you guys after the season. Uh, we'll figure all that out. This thing's a wrap. They need to get people need to get that first pick. Teams like Washington could be ugly. Could be ugly. But but do the right thing. This is your chance. Do you think that Sam Howell's terrible? No, I don't know him. That that was why. That is the one thing I'm going to tell you. If he is, I don't. What I saw him last year wouldn't tell me he's going to be the guy like the, the the franchise changer. But he certainly, like I said, if he's better than either I haven't seen or better than we know, then yeah, that changes their outlook. Sure. Quarterback changes everything. You can win seven, eight games with Jacoby Brissett. No doubt. I like that as a fallback option. And I kind of like, you know, Sam Howell. You can win seven, eight games with a lot of people. He could be a poor man's, maybe a homeless man's Jalen Hurts, right? He can do some inside runs. He's got a pretty deep ball. I'm sure this is their thinking, right? This is their thinking. It's okay. For one year, We've got a really, really cheap Sam Howell. He's making fifth-round pick money. A veteran in Jacoby Brissett we know can win some games. We don't really want to They have throw talent. Away they have players. Like, they, have yeah, yeah, like, they have players. The defense is good. It's the good. defense is really good. The defense good. is good. If the offense is average, you can talk You can talk yourself in with, into winning for any team right now. Uh, this, it's but I, I can follow their logic. I'm going to look up. To an extent, I just look around the division and I don't see how the commanders can be can be these teams. I think we have to talk about the enemy and what about we? So we're not there at training camp. We're not in the meetings. We don't know what is being said, how it's being said, what his style is. I think there has been a overall feeling though, like he is a harsh coach. He is an, a hyper intense coach, which I love. We're both we're both kind of old school guys. Like football is a violent game; it's played by violent people. Like the language, yeah, it's they, part of they it's... hear in a locker room. The language that like even even like Greg Williams is infamous. He's okay. you know cut the head He's off the, the snake stuff. 
obviously it sounded horrible. If you're sitting in your climate controlled cubicle at a bank, it's going to sound really bad. bad. If you're in an NFL locker room with the kind of people that are in that NFL locker room, it's bad. It is bad, but it's not like it doesn't justify and warrant the uproar that it received at the time. So what I'm saying is it's football is a different world. And there is part of me that wants to agree with the take that's out there. Like what the hell generation C football players that can't handle rough rhetoric, like suck it up, suck it up, quit being soft. I, I don't, I don't know what's being said. All I know is this, Jim, we had the Jaguar story with Dewey Winger talking about urban Meyer. We talked about it last week. I've seen it with urban Friday morning. I'm going to have this story on the Detroit Lions, how they built a winner in the vision of Dan Campbell. Let's just say Matt Patricia, not, 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 not that different than Urban Meyer. Uh, players were quite happy to see him fired. There was elation. There were players who may or may not have retired just to get away from him. If you spoke up, sign on. You were traded. And it was his language. And it was like two Matt Patricias. There was the Matt Patricia on the practice field that they dealt with. And then the one in the building who was somebody you'd want to get a beer with. It was like you had this facade. So definitely subscribe to Go Long Friday. I'm like hesitating because I don't want people to, you know, subscribe and read the story. It'll be out. But a lot on Dan Campbell and... Cleef Raymond, Tracy Walker, uh, Alex Anzalone talked to a lot of these players, and it's it was a different world with, with Matt Patricia, and I, I think he did cross a line. Because at face value, you hear some of these stories, and it's like, eh, come on, suck it up. But there is a line, and you're dealing with grown men, and you can only talk to these grown men and treat them a certain way to a certain point. Maybe the enemy also has crossed that line. I don't know. Maybe these guys have a point. Maybe these players pissed off about how he's talking to them have a point. I'm not sure. I think all we can say right now is it's messy. Unbelievably messy, which is absurd for this time of year. Because this time of year, it should be roses and sunshine and lollipops and... We're going to the Super Bowl, baby. It X, shouldn't be this. It should be all about the X clips. <clears throat> I like how you're normalizing X clips. You're not calling it Twitter anymore. I'm trying you, hard. You moved I, on to X. I actually kind of like the X, X clips sound. X it, clips sound all right. Actually. It sounds like it's an adult film. I know, but it makes you want to watch it. it. Do you think that's Elon's brilliance? I don't know, but an X clip of any practice right now, I'm watching for some reason. Like the route running, some of the, some of the clips are like, Amara Cooper did this diamond cut route for a corner route that was like there was so much technical things on that route that not very many people can do. I'm t- you can get more out of X clips than NFL preseason football. Promise you. All right. Well, I think that the drills and practice I do. I see things. Camp, they're more valuable I, than the preseason I've games. I've been through it. I'm telling you, these combined practices, they compete so hard. All the players are about to shut down though. That training camp right now, they're giving it that first Interaction against the other team, this the combined practices, great, great. They're gonna that now game first game's coming. Now they're like, all right, done. do these games matter no, at all? No, at all. No. These exhibition games no. that are gonna be I mean, Jets, uh Browns Just, drew yeah. more viewers than playoffs. playoffs. The NBA. Uh, it's unbelievable. Isn't that just rolling? They're the king. They're the king. Um, but no, it doesn't. I really tell you that. You're looking at all right, I'm being rolled. Yes, you're evaluating possibly going into training camp five, four or five guys maybe fighting for like three spots. So that's true, right? Before the rosters are set, starts rosters are all but five rosters. I would say that's. I'd say that's usually a good number in that range. And you're just hoping to stay healthy, which is why nobody hits. Right. So you you know the guys if they stay healthy, they're on the team. Then you guys then you know the guys competing for the bubble, you know, for the last spots. And those are always those are always awesome. And that that preseason matters, but a lot of times practice has done enough 
the day in, day out, how you are professionally does enough. So, but I still think about Terrell Davis in '95 lighting up a returner in Japan, right? Like there could be a moment, there can be a singular moment that maybe. I agree. I'm not trying to say that. an opinion to change. I'm, I think I'm more trying to say that there's, it's not an important game for most of the players playing. That's I mean, it, it is, it is a Ponzi scheme. I mean, fans still have to pay full price for these exhibition games, which is, it's awful. At least I, they cut it back from. Four I told to you last week, and I'll stick to it. The fact that they have spreads on these games, and people are betting on them, it's just taking it to a level. You can't like. I'm just telling. Look at the rosters. Look who you're betting on. Go back and see who you bet on in week one of the NFL. Say preseason week two, and then look at the roster, the regular season once the cuts are made, and see that you just bet on a game that probably half the guys that you bet on didn't are not even on the team now. So that that's what I'm saying. Like the NFL is just. It's, it's a train, man. The train is not being stopped. Well, the next time that Roger Goodell stands up there and gets all indignant talking about player safety, just remember that they have these meaningless games. And just remember that there's going to be physical injuries, brain injuries inflicted. I mean, Kevin Cobb's fourth concussion that ended his career. It's everything. That we detailed was a was a preseason game. It is. A game like, – if you really do care, like out of that DeMar Hamlin stuff, if you really want to make the game safer, own the reality of the sport, own the violence, and then work around the reality in which you exist. Get rid of the preseason. Like, they're not going to go back to 16 games, but adding the game was hypocrisy at its finest. Like, just, there's so many things they could do. So many things they could do that they don't. So I think we should just roll our eyes the next time we hear that bullshit. <clears throat> anything other, anything else commie related? I think we kind of covered. We haven't really talked about the comms lately. No, the only thing we didn't they do. They got to change your name, right? That's a pretty terrible name. It sounds like something's going down there, yeah. changing it. What yeah. would you change it to? That, that one's a ter- Just the Washington football team work. <laughs> I agree. It wasn't that bad. It. It, it had more uh, cachet <laughs> it's stickiness than commanders, I feel like. It, it's, I mean, it's. Uh, we didn't touch on Manziel, but that's for another time, maybe. Well, I was going to get into that. Or do you want to? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I didn't want to. Um... Johnny Manziel, 2014. Man. Straight out of Texas. You know what? I was there in Indy for his combine interview. He sounded like a changed man, Jim. He saw the wrong of his ways. He was going to work hard, be a model citizen, lead an NFL mm. team. Honestly, his agent, Eric Burkhart, should have gotten a bonus for that performance by Johnny in Indianapolis. Great job, Eric. But you watched the documentary. I haven't watched it yet. So I think you should kind of lead the discussion on uh, you know, the newsiness, right? He said he tried – to commit suicide or seriously consider suicide. Uh, is just, that right? Yeah. That lot, so that's, I think what I took away from that is as a father, I don't know, pay attention to the father when you watch this. That's, that's what I struggled with is how, how can you let your son, how can you not be by his side every step of the way, knowing he was living a hard life in college and it, that everybody knows that everybody knew it. That was a known thing. Just talking about that, you know, preparing for him for the draft. I mean, we had a great, our scout, his name was Matt hand in Buffalo um, and Sean Heinland. Those guys were entrenched in the Texas scouting world. He wasn't ever going to be a Buffalo bill. Like they knew everything about as far as it was like, that wasn't even an option. Now talent wise, you can argue. I personally think he's he's a Kyler Murray type quarterback. At, at, he's talented, you know. Can you can does that work? All that, but he wasn't. He didn't take the game seriously enough. All that was, you know. But then in the NFL, like when, when I was with the Bills, we played Cleveland. Manziel comes in. I'm pretty. I, I I should pull it up. They went right down the field and scored. And I just remember Willie and I were like, "You gotta be kidding me! <laughs> this guy's gonna do it." You know, and then it, it kind of calmed back down. But now, here's where it does get good. Because we did know Mike Pett 
from our time in Buffalo. Oh, a poor bastard. And yes, yes. Talk about not set up for failure. Mike Pettin, if there's one guy I would like to see sometime get another shot as a head coach, I, I would like to see him be a head coach. He was impressed. He impressed me in Buffalo as far as how good our defense was. That was set up for failure. He had no chance in Cleveland. And when the you owner. It was Jimmy Haslam. All the owner had to have been. Through and through. Through and through. Nobody was going to touch him. All right, so I have to, I have to watch as we've been, you know, it's fun, man. Drowning in succession lately, like I've said. But I remember a conversation I had with um, Ray Farmer. Oh yeah, yeah, Ray. I know. Back in 2016, so this would have been my first year of Bleacher Report. I did respect a, Ray, man. Ray, I was reporting on Derek Ray. Carr, and so I just called Ray up. Was asking about that. So at that time, like Carr's going to be the MVP. It. So my point was like, why did you? Like, what? What? What, what happened to? You? Why did you take Chandler? That's all I'm not taking from it. And holy heck, if he could uh been biting his tongue anymore, I think like his tongue would have just slipped through <laughs> the phone. Couldn't even like, know. He uh couldn't he, fake it. Couldn't. He said like a dozen times like that there was a lot that happened behind the scenes Good way that he said. didn't agree with. Good way said. That it was out of his hands. And in so many words that it was it was it was the owner's pick. Like and, and they knew. He said that none of this, none, none of like you just said, nothing that happened to Johnny Menzel in football and life was a shock that everybody in house knew. In Cleveland, they probably get into this in the documentary. So, but they knew. Most teams knew. He didn't care. He wasn't going to work. You can't invest a first round pick in that player. Nope. And it's still tempting, though, just like it happened. It is tempting because there is ability, you know, but. Oh, I was hook, line, and sinker. I mean, that Alabama game, I was right there with Skip Bayless on Johnny Manziel. I'm not going to tell you. This guy's going to change the game. <laughs> Just wait until you watch this episode and they talk about the Alabama game. Do you already know? No. Okay. Go ahead. He was hungover. Cliff Kingsbury talks about it. They had to get him hydrated for that game. He was so hungover. For the Alabama game. Think about the decision-making process that goes into – Man. We play Alabama tomorrow, and I'm still going to go drink my face off. It's, he says it, and I mean, I'm just, I hate it because I feel like I'm just real regurgitating the episode. But oh, people probably haven't seen it. Friday Night Lights was him. That show, Texas High School, that was Johnny Manziel, it was Friday Night Lights. He played football for what it brought to him the girls, the partying, the money, fame. He loved football, that part of it. And he was fearless and tough. And there isn't anybody that wouldn't want him as your quarterback. Like, unless it's going to cost you your job. That's called profession. And that's when Manziel gets the NFL and the professionals are looking at him like, get the hell out of here. Don't mess with my money. Production equals tolerance. I love the uh, Joe Thomas media tour up to his Hall of Fame enshrinement. Mm. He great speech. I'm always a sucker He's, for the Hall of Fame speech. You see, I know. I, I watch. I'm him. not going to say anything. Yeah, go ahead. But I love the. I actually love that you watch him. Yeah, why not? Like, but Joe, I think he was on Mad Dog Radio or something. He's like, man, got to a point. It's like it was so bad those years in Cleveland. Like I talked myself into thinking we were going to win the Super Bowl with Johnny Menzel. Like oh, so he said, all right, yeah, like that's that's how bad it was. But like, imagine being his teammate, where you know what he is like day in and day out, and he's the quarterback, and and the owner overseeing this all, like. Look, I hope that the Cleveland Browns front office was on board with the Deshaun Watson trade. But look look at this franchise. This is like the tortured NFL franchise episode. But <laughs> we're doing all the doom. I mean, Johnny Manziel, and there's all this stuff that happened before Johnny. But even Johnny Manziel happens. You know I love Baker Mayfield, but the, the allure of Baker was the intangible, right? Mm-hmm. Like it was – charisma and how he rallies guys it was all the other stuff and not necessarily like accomplishments on the mm-hmm. field what's up like the deshaun watson trade a historic contract all that guaranteed money uh, if, if it's just they they take these very weird roundabout so routes at quarterback and okay what is bites them in the ass what if i told you the watson one doesn't bother me 
Those massages don't bother you? Yeah, we talked about that. But as far as if he is the Watson of old, they now have a franchise quarterback, what everybody's looking right, for. That's right. That's, talk about I know. That. And that's the only thing I'm going to defend on where Johnny, you were, Johnny Manziel, you were projecting, you're still hoping, develop where Watson has already proven. So, but yes, it's, but bottom line is strange. It's always strange. Cleveland definitely doesn't do it easy. All right. Everybody should check that out then. Other than that, we have, I mean, Jordan Love, obviously looking incredible. Tyler, there's there's mixed reviews. I'm seeing some X clips that are looking pretty good. It's all X clip stats. Adam Shine wasn't very happy. <laughs> no, you were right. You were talking. That's well, all we were texting. I thought we were going to have a debate this week. He said and it was I'll, a nightmare. I'll, I'll right? shoot him a message. Yeah. Well, you know, I love Adam. He does a great job. He's. So, uh, we just dis- we just disagree on this topic. That's all. There's nothing. Nothing's happened yet. There's nothing yeah. to debate yet. He hasn't played. He hasn't played. I can't wait. Thanks for uh, listening, for watching. We greatly appreciate it. Go along TD.com for that Detroit Lions story. Friday a.m. And I'm going to Minneapolis next week, Jim. You're, this is your training camp tour. Now, you got to get some X clips. You better get all. Oh, I'm counting on somebody. Get me some. Somebody out of Minnesota is just the route is incredible. Like nobody will cover this guy this year. I, I don't think we're going to have any X clips. All right. That's do- not your style. Well, you know, I think there's a lot. So you, you, there's many ways to cover football this time of the year. And one of them is to live in your car and travel all over the country. And some, like, like Peter King, obviously knock it up. Everything he writes, everybody should read. Yeah, he's um, My style, like, I want to make sure I'm taking the time to yeah, you're like, not, sit down with somebody yeah, for a couple hours and do. really get to know that player, transcribe it, map it out, write a good story. Like, to just kind of beat Bob all over the country and put all that miles on the odometer. I think our subscribers' money is better put to use if I just be selective. And, yeah, so Minneapolis, the Titans are in town, so we'll get some Titan stuff. Going to get out there to Wisconsin for some Packers stuff soon-ish. <laughs> Miami, we got a lot. So, all teams very intriguing. I I do like though on this episode, Jim, we got into a potential train wreck because not everybody's going to win the Super Bowl this year. We need some train wrecks. Yeah, this is train wreck. It, it's it's Houston, Arizona, Washington. Those are my those are my train wrecks right now that I'm watching. Very concerned with the S two. So I'm going with I'm I'm using that as the quarterbacks unless they just go on some type of heroic, uh, you know. I mean, does Murray have that in him? Does Stroud have that in him? Does Sam Howell have that in him? You're hearing some of those like culture shock ish quotes coming out of Arizona too. It sounds like Gannon throwing his weight around. We know ownership is a mess there. Yeah, I don't think Arizona is going to win many games. (laughs) That seems like a team ripe for utter disaster. I, and I feel like D'Amico Ryans is set up for failure. Like All I, I know is I'm on my drive here, Jim, on the radio, they said that uh, – who was it? I can't remember. One of the serious XM channels, a fella hosting the show, said he watched Hard Knocks and his opinion on Aaron Rodgers changed. And it would change with that one episode, you know? I This is going to be – I'm sure Aaron, with the cameras right in his face – I'm sure he didn't act out of character at all. I'm sure, positive. I, I wonder if they were able to strike some type of deal where they could go. Rogers gives them like that great effort from the opening episode, and then they're going to back off. That's a good point. You're probably right. I wonder. Did you watch it? No, I refuse. But I've heard all about. I mean, it just seems like Rogers was the predictable storyline. But I just know that as training camp goes, it's. Yeah, you know, it can get a little more intense. I mean, it's not journalistically pure. Like the no, every team that participates in Hard Knocks is having a say in the editorial process. I don't hear anything. That's good. why it sucks. Yeah. It's like doused in purell. It's nonsense. It's not real. This isn't a real look at pro football. I'm sorry, it's not. No, it's, these, teams, these teams operate like they're. A, a government in a foreign nation, and they've got to protect every state secret. It's just 
We you're, had, not, you're not going to get a true look at a team on Hard Knocks. On the top floor of the dorm at St. John Fisher, the fourth fourth or fifth floor, I can't remember what floor it was. But anyway, I don't remember the dorm's name. But anyway, we had, we had what we called the Scout Lounge at night. Now, if you want the greatest show you would ever see on HBO, it would be when Pepper Johnson or Chris McAllister or whatever coach is coming up there. And when I say it's the scout lounge, it's where all the, the scouts when we would stay. And yes, the refrigerator was stocked. Music was good. The stories, incredible. So I can just tell you that's the real, that's the real training camp. That's what you want. If there was a real hard knock, that's the real hard knock. It's like that's the that, that's the coaching side. Well, you'll hear the oh, those guys can tell the stories yeah. just and then obviously what goes on behind the scenes during meetings, position meetings, yeah. personnel meetings, the intensity. Hey, he needs to get more reps. No, you know, the coaches and GM may argue over something like that. But like the Jets don't even want cameras in the room when they cut I, players, right? That, you that's shouldn't not have it. It's not that's that's wrong. It's wrong. That's very Matt's that's a personal devastating thing. I had to do it and I hated it. Which I understand, but I'm saying you're so oh, oh, I mean, not gonna get a true look at training no, camp on this show. No. Because if somebody would ever film like I can always talk about the one time with Thad, um, Thad Lewis, the quarterback from the awful. But we sat there for I don't even know how long. And just you know, just he just poured out kind of his heart. We just talked honest. Really? He was going through it was it was hitting him that it might be all done. And he was he was asking real questions about himself as a player, and then we were just talking life and but it, I'm just saying that stuff doesn't need fun. Like it's very personal. So I'm glad they made that. To your point, once again, though, you don't really get the, the real training. Yeah, I think it's the insincerity of being it sold is. It's as the, the real deal. Yeah, it's not no. Wait, when you put it like that too, that has to be rough. Oh. How long were you talking to Thad Lewis? That, that one probably lasted maybe it was probably 30 minutes, which seemed like four hours, yeah. probably. You know. Has there ever been a time when you cut a player and the players asking questions or pleading their case and they made they made a point, they're like, oh, am, I, am I making the right decision here? Maybe I shouldn't be cutting this player. No, I can't say that I was second guessing during a cut. Um I'm trying to think of one. We I'm trying to think if there was one. I, I always talk about the, no, I don't know. the Fred Jackson one was different, but that one we just knew was going to be. Oh, when when Doug, yeah, he didn't go rogue. I'm just saying when Doug made the decision that everybody knew that was going to happen. Rex knew it. Anthony Lynn knew it. The Pagulas knew it. Um, Fred didn't know it. Fred's agent Ron McCooley didn't know it at the time, and that caused certainly a. A little Ron, phone call. Ron wasn't real happy. Yeah, Ron wasn't real happy with Doug on that one, which I get. Look, I see both sides to it. It's not easy. That was a no easy way to rip, just rip the Band-Aid off type thing. I think that's kind of where it got to. How do you do it? I'm trying New to remember owner. his training camp. How did he, did he look old? No, it wasn't, the, it wasn't even that at that point. It was – we were talented. It was. It was at that point – he wasn't for him not to be the number two carrying him wasn't going to get every we weren't going to get everything out of him and it Sean was McCoy Carlos, Carlos and then Booby Dixon Booby who was a special teams player as well if I remember Bryce Brown kicking around Bryce well now we Bryce like we said we thought there Trade, was some that's right yeah we did want him from like, he didn't to keep him, Fred around it after we, Shady and Carlos where it's easy to say right now, easy to say, no matter what we would have done that year, it wouldn't have mattered. Okay. So would have better to keep a true leader and like one of the greatest stories, professional, toughest, greatest players you're ever going to watch. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I'm sure. Considering the shit storm that was our job though at the time with a new owner was to show him we are, trying to put the best roster together talent wise. And that was our way of telling him we all felt like talent wise, we were doing the right thing talent wise. Put myself back in that <clears throat> season. There's so many aspects to that 2015 Bills season that I forgot. And that's one of them. 
but he did kind of represent old guard, the drought, how the Bills were in the past. But and, he wasn't the reason. It just yeah, yeah, I know, but it felt like you know Rex coming in, the Sean McCoy trade. Yeah. Hey, there's Richie Incognito. Mario was like, it was a new. It was almost like, was like a new phase of the Bills, and but, it was symbolic. They make tough choices in that yeah. seat. All right. I don't want to stop you from talking if you have any other stories to share. No, that's funny. Manziel went to Fred Jackson. <laughs> yeah, no, and I you don't. couldn't couldn't talk about two more opposites. Yeah. Was, One uh, true professional versus true not professional. Hey, do you know we have a rabid skunk hanging around our yard, Jim? That can't be good for anybody. No. No, hanging around in the mornings in the light, not good. So every time I wake up in the morning, I get up at about well, the kids get us up at about 4 a.m., right. 3, 45 right. a.m., which is fine because nice. Starbucks opens at 5.30. Mm-hmm. I love getting there to write. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I open up the door from the garage to get to my truck, and I'm terrified that that skunk is oh, I, that right would, there in the middle of the night. That'd be on my ready, mind. Ready to spray me. That'd be yeah. on my mind. So if anybody has a remedy for rabid skunks that hang out in the daylight, just you know, let us know. <laughs> we'll, take, we'll take care of it. That was the cutest thing she's ever said, our Ella. We were watching the skunk from a window up above, and she goes, Dad, I don't like him. He doesn't have any eyes. Good. She's right. I'm like, yeah, he's sneaky. I don't like it either. If you, if you don't see eyes, stay away. That's right. a good life There's lesson. Little beady little eyes that blended in. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. That'll do. Thanks for listening, everyone. Greatly appreciate it. We'll catch you next time.